Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talks. I'm your host, Stacy, And we've got Kimberly Mehmet on sound production and editing. Today, I want to tell you about something I'm really excited about. I'm going to teach a workshop at my new office space with a former guest of ours, Emily Argyle. She was on an episode back in November and December of 2022, and the episodes are called Special Guests with Emily Argyle. And if you've been a longtime listener, you might remember those episodes. We talked about Clifton Strengths assessments and how learning about your strengths is such a shortcut to life because sometimes we go at life thinking that we need to improve our weaknesses. But if you just start with what you're really good at, then you can develop into excellence and life moves in flow. There's not as many barriers to success and to actually fulfillment. But the reason that we don't always recognize our strengths is because we're used to them. So we are teaching a workshop combined. It's called Strength Summit 2023. And it's August 12th and 13th. It's a two-day summit, and there'll be lunch and snacks provided. I'm going to be talking about human design and how your human design chart shows you your strengths and energetically how you show up in the world and what is available to you and how we move through the energy and the somatic side of it. And Emily's going to be doing the Clifton Strength Assessment. And so those two combined, it's going to be big, huge Leo energy, just really celebrating the self. And Emily is an MSED. She works for a university as a life coach. And so her job is working with students to help them figure out their celebrated self. That's what she says. She has a master's in psychology. And she says that therapy is for the wounded self and life coaching is for the celebrated self. And she firmly believes in living from a celebrated self. And this conference, August 12th and 13th, at my office, Somatic Design in Provo, We've got about eight to 12 spaces. If you're interested, reach out and we'd love to have you. And it's going to be the, again, the combination of the Clifton Strengths Assessment and Human Design. And it's tailored so much individually because you're filling out the assessment and we're pulling up your charts. So it's like, the perfect combination of an individualistic experience in a group setting. I hope you'll attend if you'd like to and can make that work or just keep it in mind for next time. We want to keep running those workshops. So this morning on my way here to podcast, I stopped at Cream and Sugar, shout out to them to get a cup of coffee. And I was talking to the barista and she was asking me what I got going on. And I was telling her, oh, I'm kind of in a hurry. I've got to go to this podcast session. I've got some studio time. So we got talking about the podcast. She's asking me what it's about. And I'm telling her it's about mind-body connection because that's, honestly, that's the foundational starting point that I I had in mind. And sometimes we veer off. But, and she said, well, kind of like meditation. And I was like, yeah, kind of. And then I said, 
Well, last episode, for example, I was talking a little bit about cults and how, like, I was raised into one. And little by little, I was taught how to turn off my body through dress, through what I was eating, through what I was told I needed to do with my body and how my body needed to show up and behave and act and eat and express itself. And so whenever I would veer outside of that guide book, I felt like I was being evil or bad. And it's been a journey to reconnect with my body, to learn that it is safe, and to learn that it is not bad if it wants something different from what I was initially taught. And it obviously goes so much deeper than that, because like, consciously, we can say, well, yeah, I don't have to do everything. I can make my own choices. But there's a time and a place when you really want something or where your nervous system or your past trauma gets triggered. And these early programs of connecting in with your body isn't safe that one, like specifically, that it really rears its head. And you have to work through all of those teachings. And you have to reestablish trust and safety with yourself and say, it's okay that I'm doing things this way. It's okay to connect to my body, my body's safe. So I'm just kind of explaining, getting a little bit intimate with this barista and explaining what the podcast is. And she looked it up and she said, I'm going to take a listen. And I think when I talk to people about this, the people who reciprocate or share an interest, I would maybe label them in my head as a highly sensitive person, an HSP, you've maybe heard of that term. And People who aren't aware of that or they don't have any experience with feeling really sensitive and doing their inner therapy work and deconstructing beliefs and feeling things in their body, it might not be as interesting or it might not be something that they even have a lot of experience talking about. It might just seem foolish or silly to waste your time talking about it. But for the people who are highly sensitive, all of a sudden this brings a whole new language and it brings so much validation and reassurance. And I could just see this young barista just opening up to this information and and it affirmed to me once again that it's really important to keep talking about this. And it might seem repetitive or old for people or, you know, let's talk about something else. But it this comes up all the time, our ability to connect with our body is very much can be hindered by what we were taught early in our early childhood about the safety of our body and what our body can do and what it can't do. And the capacities and how to live a good life or how to live a life, just having that modeled, it all comes back to feeling safe in the body and the nervous system regulation. And if you grew up in a situation where there was a lot of neglect or trauma or stress on your little childhood self, your nervous system was activated a lot. And as a result, in your adult years, your life becomes about regulating your nervous system 
because it starts to take over and interfere with your life. You might have chronic pain, you might have chronic panic attacks or anxiety or issues that are so in your face that you have to address them. And that is basically stepping into the world of the highly sensitive person and making more connection with mind body. And while I do think this work is for everybody, there's a certain kind of person that it really connects with. And those are the people who were cut off from their body early on, told that it was unsafe, or they had a lot of neglect, abuse, trauma in their childhood, something where they left their body often because it wasn't safe. So there's always a starting point to a healing journey or to some people call it the work or to just reconnecting with the self. And I wanted to read from The Wild Unknown. It's the alchemy deck and it's the guidebook. The author is Kim Kranz and we've talked a lot about her on this podcast. She does the wild unknown tarot and there's an animal deck and there's also an archetype deck. And this one is the alchemy deck. And um, there's this part that's called the starting point. And she gives these, these introductions into alchemy, a little, a little education at the beginning of the guidebook so that you can understand this language. Because if you've never heard symbolic language, it's kind of, it requires you to step into your right brain because things are symbols. Sort of like in dreams, you might see a snake, but it might represent something else. Or you might give birth to a baby, but that baby might just be like you giving birth to yourself. So there's a certain kind of languaging in symbolic language that you literally have to enter in your right side of your brain so you can start making more connections with the symbology. And so she has these intros before you get into the deck so that you you can learn that you're, the whole point is to access that right brain information. So I want to read to you this paragraph, and it's called The Starting Point. And I I typically read it when I'm giving alchemy uh, card readings, because I think this is so important to understand. Here goes. When we arrive to the work, now the work in this case, we just got done talking about, it can be reconnecting with the self, it can be doing the inner child work, the nervous system regulation work, or just even simply reconnecting to the body through the emotions. When we arrive to the work, certain ingredients are present. In alchemy, this is known as prima materia, our starting point or first material. It may not be the glistening beginnings we envisioned, but the alchemist must be rigorously honest with their starting point. We start with what is. This is our first step in the alchemical process. We cannot pretend that salt is silver or that grief is gratitude. 
What fills our laboratory may be the fire of jealousy, the facade of perfectionism, the tangle of an affair, the ungraspable void of losing a loved one. It could be a numbness and a disconnect. It could be the excitement of a new love or an upcoming decision. Everything is an ingredient in the work. Regardless of its nature, our work begins when we acknowledge what needs tending to. The material becomes our teacher. We recognize its benevolent nature and listen to its longings. And in doing so, alchemy occurs. And I really love this introductory starting point paragraph because we start with radical honesty. We look around and whatever's going on is the material. And so she gives some examples that we don't mix up the names of the ingredients so it looks prettier. We call it what it is. And what it is, it might be a really shitty place, but that's called honesty. And that's stepping out of denial. It's looking at life and saying, okay, here's where I am. I'm I'm got a poverty mindset or I'm not making a lot of money. The world is uh, shit right now. Or maybe it's like, I'm not happy in my relationship. I feel shame about certain areas of my life. Whatever it is, you call it exactly what it is. And I noticed that for me, being radically honest relieved this pressure because I didn't have to pretend for myself and I didn't have to pretend for others. I could just be honest because you can't actually start using your ingredients unless you know what they are. It's just like in baking, you can pretend that the onion is flour and you can try to use it that way, you know, give it your best go, have a positive mindset. But at the end of the day, if the onion is an onion and not flour, you've just been fooling yourself. And that's what's been, I think, one of the most important parts of my reconnection story with my body and my reconnection story with, with my life and my nervous system. It's realizing that my stress response is not my personality. That's my coping mechanisms. And when I'm actually feel safe enough to be relaxed and calm and who I am, it's very different than me trying to regulate my body. But because I was always in a state of trying to regulate my body, I was identifying that with my personality. And it's taken a lot, a lot, a lot of embodiment work to distinguish the two. And it was a lot of starting point conversations. Okay, what do we got in my body today? Like the work today is feeling what's in my heart and my body today. Like, Hmm, maybe I'm nervous about a couple of things, stressed about some upcoming things. Maybe I feel a lot of joy and excitement about things, but it's just looking at it. That way it's not poking me somewhere 
it's like a child who can't get an adult's attention. It's just kind of whining in the background and you can tune it out, but it gets to a point where you can't tune it out anymore. They're throwing a tantrum. They're, you know, kicking, making a lot of noise, maybe having an injury or something, you know, like you can't ignore, you cannot neglect your internal world because it will find a way to get your attention. And that's sort of what this is all about. What my my work, my life purpose is about is helping people connect into their their selves, their interior world, their body, their inner child, and and then being radically brave and honest and calling what is what is. And when you finally do that, you've just completely altered the course of a whole breakdown and you've addressed what needs to be addressed. And then you can get into a different part of the brain, which is maybe curiosity. Oh, okay, I'm feeling this way today. What is there anything I can do about that? Is this just an emotion that needs to pass through me? Are there steps that I can take to help myself feel different or feel more soothed about this? But the foundation, of course, the starting point is the material, the first material, the prima materia, knowing what ingredients are present. So when you're dealing with a highly sensitive person, an HSP, these individuals, they're living so much in their senses, and their sensory experience is heightened. So noises might seem louder to them, and it might be harder to regulate certain sounds out. Because I mean, I give this example all the time, the first, the first night in a new apartment or a new home, you might hear every sound that night wake up. Oh, that okay, that's the fridge. Okay, that's when the AC kicks on or the heat. And then by a weekend, you're not waking up to those sounds anymore, because your body says, okay, this is part of the environment tune that out. You don't need to pay attention because it takes a lot of energy to pay attention to everything. But highly sensitive persons, they can't always help that. It's a sensory overload situation. And so it might be that way with sound or sight or smell or just stimulation like environment and and contact, things touching your skin. Just the experience of being in this multi-dimensional world, it might be overstimulating. And so their window of tolerance might be different than other people because just by showing up somewhere, it might have taken a lot of energy to get there or to even be in the same environment as other people. And, and we don't know what other people's experiences are. We only know what our experiences And chances are, the more that you connect into yourself and connect to your senses, your nervous system, your inner world, you'll have more compassion because you're finally paying attention to those things that some people, they don't have an option to just not pay attention to it. And so it it brings a lot of compassion and perspective. And 
And that's kind of why learning some basic protocol for nervous system regulation is really important. And that's basically identifying when you're stressed out, when you're in a fight, flight response, when you're in a fawn or freeze response. And for those that don't know, fighting is when you want to use aggression or power through or just a lot of momentum to get through, but your circulation moves out of your internal organs and into your limbs. And so digestion is an important, immune system is an important, fertility is certainly not important. If you need to be fighting, you need to have all of your energy and attention into that. Same with flight, like running away. You've got to get out of there. Fawning and freeze are a little bit different. Freeze is a shutdown. Your body just shuts down. Fawning is this hypervigilance where a lot of highly sensitive people fall under. It's adapting in your environment based on all of the data that you're perceiving. So if you think somebody, if somebody's giving signs that they're in a bad mood, you're going to do everything you can to regulate them so that their bad mood doesn't escalate into a dangerous situation. So you're trying to mitigate your environment through how you show up. And when you learn that nervous system regulation means allowing your body to get into the parasympathetic state, out of fight, out of flight, out of freeze, out of fawn, There are things that we can do to quicken that process. Sometimes it can be breathing techniques or somatic responses, movement, hugging yourself. But sometimes it takes a day, a couple days, a week. If you're in a freeze state, that can take a long time to get back into your body and to get it working again and to feel like you're fully functioning. And so this episode is really just an invitation that if you're listening to this podcast and if it interests you at all, it's probably because you're a highly sensitive person and you understand at some level what I'm talking about. And this information is probably validating to you or somehow you want to learn more because it's speaking to this experience of learning how to live safely in your body while existing in the world. And the starting point, again, is prima material. It's starting with what is. It's it's getting out of denial. It's naming honesty in reality. It's taking a minute to get into your body and just name the things. They could be emotional things. They could be physical events. They could just be sensations. There's no right or wrong there. It's just taking a moment to acknowledge and call out what is. Where are we starting? Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We appreciate all of your support and I'm excited for next week. And also, Just another reminder of the Strengths Summit 
workshop happening in my office, August 12th and 13th with Emily Argyle. If you've got any questions about that, please reach out through the podcast and we'll get you taken care of. We've got an email address, tenttalks111 at gmail.com. That's three ones at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me personally if we're personally connected, and I can give you more information on that. As always, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Tent Talks Podcast.